0: 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Welcome back to the Fever Pitch Podcast. I'm your co-host Brian. Brian Dan. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. How about yourself?
1: Can't complain. Can't complain.
0: There's been a lot going on, and there has been some complaining, but in the NFL. Mm. Mainly the NFLPA, the
1: Players Association.
0: The, the Players Association re- released an NFL report card ranking how teams did on various categories break that down for me
1: yeah um i think this is like an annual thing i don't really look too much i don't look into too much detail of these things but i mean this year we have the rankings it breaks down a number of different factors such as treatment of families cafeteria food nutrition levels the locker room conditions the training room conditions The training staff, the weight room, the strength coaches, the team travel, the head coach, and the ownership are all graded on the A to F scale. And that's all well and good, but it's like, does this really mean anything for not winning? Mm. Because, like, for example, the Giants have the eighth best ranking overall, and they didn't even make the playoffs. People said that Brian DeWels should be fired. He had an A minus according to the head coaching thing the head coaching criteria give him an A minus here. And I mean, yeah, I can't really speak on treatment of families. So yeah, it's a bunch of obscure. It's just information that give people talking and we're talking about it. I don't really care too much about it, but I mean it's cool, I guess.
0: Yeah. I'd say like the biggest thing was the Chiefs were like among the worst-ranked teams on here. Um, what were the Chiefs' rankings? They um, were... They were giving them a 31st. 31st. Yeah, yeah, 31st overall. Ownership was ranked 32nd, absolute last in the league, with an F-minus. Team travel a D. Um, what's, what's another one? Training yeah. from a D. Yeah,
1: they're only... Well, the only good... "Quote unquote," great is a A plus head coach.
0: Yeah, Which, I mean,
1: I think that's what matters the most, honestly.
0: So, do you think the this NFLPA report card speaks more to how players feel about the organizations that they work in, rather than the effectiveness of the organizations to win things?
1: Well, a great example would just be I think we talked about in the last part, Nicole Hartman, former yeah. chief. Once the Jets didn't really like the the way that the Jets were were conducting themselves. For the sake of argument, the Jets were uh the Jets were 21st on this list, so they weren't that great themselves. But for some reason McCall Harbin in jail with them, went to KC, and now he's a bad to bad Super Bowl champion. So Oh, it cares too much about these about these rankings. Everybody has their list, like my QB list out now on the on the Dapper effect. Everybody has their list, but it's like, I mean, you do you do what you want with them. It gets people talking, and here we are talking about it. Like I said,
0: absolutely. Do you think the city that the team in has any bearing or effect on how these teams were graded?
1: Uh yeah, maybe the weather plays like yeah, I feel like the the living conditions, like the warm weather warm weather cities and whatnot might have a little more weight because but at the same time the Chargers are 30th and the Rams are twentieth. So I mean yeah, it's hard to tell. Miami's first and Minnesota is second, and it gets cold in Minnesota. So yeah, I don't really know what exactly the the scale is here, and I haven't had any of the any of the stadium food, so I can't really highlight any particulars. You know,
0: mm-hmm. I see what you're saying, but but hear me out, right? Number one, you got Miami, right? Everybody knows Miami's fun. You know, they got A's across the board. and I'm assuming because you know they like to have fun in Miami. Um, you go a little bit farther down, five. You got Jacksonville, another Florida team. Warm weather, the beach, good times, a couple of alligators here or there. And you go down one more, you got the boys over in Levi Stadium. You got the San Francisco 49ers, you know. Big Tech City and warm.
1: But So the, the Dolphins are the A minus training staff. Tyreek Hill was injured. Devon Devon <sighs> and injured. Jalen Waddle was injured. Jalen Phillips was injured. Teron Armstead, I think, missed some time. I think Bradley Chubb also missed some time. Yeah. Do you have an A minus training staff? Do you have an A grade strength coach? Like, what the? Yeah. See, see, y- y'all got me. Y'all got me. And I'm not, no, y'all got me. I don't care. This, this is just the list of information to get people talking. And here we are talking. Dennis Allen has a B minus, and and the Saints hate Dennis Allen. So like, I don't really know what the I just don't know what the criteria is. It's just cool. It's just cool information I guess.
0: So, when you look at this, right? Does it say how the data was come about? Like. Mm. How we got to the ranking? What? How did? How did the scoring come about?
1: Excuse me. Um, NFLPA's report calling rankings. Players were players were polled on their satisfaction with their respective franchises and the in a variety of subjects ranging from food to treatment. And so it's bias. <laughs> the players are ranking their franchises. Oh, and there's fifty three. There's 75 players per team. So, so if like the that the third string punter doesn't really have a say so on the training staff, you're fine. You don't get in the <laughs> game anyway. You don't get a no bump. <laughs> All you do is walk. If you get injured walking, that's only
0: you. That's a fair point. So this is essentially overall player satisfaction with the teams. Yeah, I guess so. So what do you what does anything stick out to you on this list that that's very telling? Um
1: I'm surprised the Cowboys aren't in the in the top ten, just knowing how um just yeah, the Cowboys are twelfth. Uh Jerry Jones has a 19 is the 19th on the ownership scale with a B grade Um, I find I find that very interesting the training staff has a D plus I think that Trevon Diggs injury may have played a role in that <laughs> but like I don't really know matter of fact and then the Browns but then the Browns have a B minus and Nick Chow got hurt like, I don't I just don't get it I don't get it I really don't get it how is it how does a team with Miles Garrett have a D grade weight D a D grade weight room? Have you seen Miles Garrett? Strong guy. Very So strong. like I, I don't understand how and how do you have a D how do you have a B plus strength coach with a D grade weight room? And a B minus training set? It doesn't make sense. It's a bunch of subjective stuff. Mm. And I can't do anything with this information.
0: Yeah, I I can definitely see that. I guess when you look at things overall, do you do you do you see the AFC or the NFC trending towards the lower side here? I see.
1: The Dolphins are number one. The Vikings are number two. I feel like it's balanced. The Eagles are number four. Then oh no, it might be the NFC because you got. Yeah, San Fran and Philly in the top seven. and Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's just stuff, if you ask me. Where's Buffalo? Hold on. Uh, That'll really give me an idea. They're 11th. Okay, I mean, yeah, A, A great strength coach, A minus ownership, A plus head coach. B-plus training room with all those injuries? I don't understand. That's like <laughs> how can a team get injured so much and still have a good grade? treatment their families. I mean, okay. Uh, Yeah, it's like really? Arthur Smith, C-plus. Okay, 30th. What about, who's another bad head coach? Uh, who's a bad head coach? Oh, Robert here. Okay, so let's go to Commanders.
0: Commanders are the lowest ranked team. <clears throat> C grade head coach, right?
1: There's no failing coaches. Like, what is this?
0: <laughs> nobody would. Nobody wants to rank a coach a very poorly. I mean, the Raiders ranked their coach a D.
1: Well, he got
0: fired midseason.
1: I'm. We're not gonna. I'm not putting that on Antonio Pierce. Josh Daniels got that grade.
0: Yeah, it was Josh McDaniels' grade. Yeah.
1: So, like, this is a, the team that just went bad to back. In a rebuild or in a down year, has an F minus ownership grade. But like, it doesn't make sense to me. So
0: I, I think the ownership grade is the is essentially like the willingness of the ownership to invest in the team's facilities and things of that nature. So I, so I guess the the lower the grade, it, the the more of a penny pincher that owner is.
1: Let's say that's true, right? We just yeah. won back to back Super Bowls. So at least give me a C minus. I'm doing something right. Yeah, I agree. Cause what what did the what did the is there a GM ranking? Ownership head coach. You know what? they had the best coach and the worst ownership. Like what type of parallel is that?
0: <laughs> yeah, you see that with a lot of these combinations. The Chiefs, A plus coaching, F minus ownership, Steelers, A coach. Uh, F ownership. I don't know. Brendan
1: Staley has a B grade. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm
0: done.
1: I'm done.
0: I don't think this is like the rating of like how good of a coach they are, but like the coach's willingness to like listen to the players and like their flexibility type thing.
1: You got blown up by 43 on Thursday night football by Aiden O'Connell. Yes. Shout out to ALC. But anyway. <laughs>
0: anyway. ALC A- being Aiden O'Connell, right? Yes. All right.
1: Yes. I'm, I'm not concerned about politics. <laughs> I'm not, only sports. <laughs> okay.
0: The combine started today. Talk to me. Yes,
1: sir. Um, I believe it's gonna be this afternoon. I'm looking forward to seeing. Well, I was looking forward to seeing Caleb Williams and Drake May. And other QBs, but they all said no. Then they're, really? they're not participating in drills. This NIL money got got these athletes acting different. And I guess y'all y'all are top ten vlogs, but some people don't watch college football. But some people hear your name. I mean, I know. I mean, there's YouTube and stuff. I guess, but I think they're gonna focus on the pro days for the teams that are gonna be in striking distance to to draft them. So I get it, and you don't want to get injured I know, like uh, David Java did a couple of years ago. So I understand it, but, bro, like why are y'all just saying no? We want to see y'all throw, and, you know, you really? Do, you, know I
0: mean? do you feel like the NIL has given a lot of these college players to opt out of a lot more things that they would traditionally do?
1: Yeah, because it's like, why do a why do a throwing drill for free when I can do a, a commercial for a couple a couple million dollars?
0: It's fair point. Do you think NIL is gonna be bad for the league ultimately in a few years?
1: I think. I think is there's not a lot of I mean, to my understanding, because I need to do more research myself. But from from the from from the little knowledge I have. I don't think there's enough structure. I feel like if you're a dog, you're gonna get paid regardless. So if you want to get paid before you go to the leagues, I mean, I tip my cap, but that doesn't mean you can't still act. I guess acquiesce to the norm, but this is the new norm now. So I was like, I mean, hey, this is what it is.
0: Mm-hmm. So what do you think are like some of these QBs' reasons for like opting out of the draft? not the draft, the the combine, like, among these QBs, nobody really has, like, a Lamar Jackson-type narrative where it's like, oh, they're trying to cast you in a different role or anything of that nature. They're actually genuinely just trying to evaluate your intangibles.
1: Yeah, I agree. I feel as though I'd rather get hmm. – for some of these guys, like Caleb Williams, let's just let's stick with Caleb Williams. Yeah, I can almost guarantee that he's going to be the number one overall pick in April. Mm-hmm. So that's a lock. No, do your own research. <laughs> but so whether that's Chicago, whether you know whomever, but he's going first overall. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what do I need to prove? I can throw a football very well. I've been doing it for three years. I did it in Oklahoma. I did it in USC. I won a Heisman. I don't have much college postseason success, but I can play very well. So I don't need to show y'all anything. I'm going to do all my interviews and stuff, but drills? No. It's not... Like, like, think about it this way. Like, when you put in my career, I used to love doing the drills in my career. But if I already know I'm going to be a top five pick, I don't really need to do this. And that's why I, like, the QB class is like, no, we're not. We're probably going to see the likes of like Bo Nix and, and Spencer Rattler, maybe even JJ McCarthy because, I mean, that's JJ McCarthy, uh, Michael Penix, because it's like their draw stock is on the lower side and they want to raise it up. When you're already Tier 1, it's like, all right, I'm not really trying to move. But the Combine is really for the Tier 2, Tier 3 guys, and running backs.
0: But if you don't do the Combine, can't you lose draft stock if everybody else does it? Say those Tier 2 guys go to the Combine. They go crazy on the intangibles, and it's like, oh, this is a more put together complete football player, and we have NA data on everybody else. Because at the end of the, d- the day, it just comes down to you're giving them more data to evaluate you on. Yes. To me, if you're not doing it, and there's not a real reason why you're not doing it, it kind of says that you're scared to be evaluated because maybe you don't believe that you're the guy that you're portraying you are. If you're that yeah. guy... Why don't you well, go show them you have those intangibles?
1: Well, the, we there's still pro days in March, and typically mm-hmm. those are a little more intimate, mm-hmm. and teams that you think are gonna be in range to draft you, you'll work out for. So yeah, like I'm sure, like the Commanders and Bears pro days, Caleb Williams will be there. Mm-hmm. I mean, pardon me, it's the other way around. I'm sure Caleb. But the USC pro day is on March twentieth. I'm sure Caleb Williams will, will participate in that. The LSU pro day is on the twenty seventh. I'm sure we'll see Jaden Daniels. Uh, Oregon's on March twelfth. I mean, I'm sure Bone is under the countdown anyway, but he'll probably do both. So it's like you know, it's a matter of do I really have to do this? Is it going to hurt me? Exactly. Caleb Williams is waiting to the pro day. Along with Drake Maine and Jane Daniels. So, yeah, I get it. If I'm already like penciled in top five, I'm not going to overdo it. Mm-hmm.
0: So, when we see. These players essentially essentially the top three QBs who are supposed to be selected in the draft. They're like, no, I'm not doing it. All right. How do you think that translates to attitude as a player transitioning to the NFL?
1: One is, I mean, it's I've been telling my i telling my folks this. If you give me a choice and I make a choice, don't try to don't try to swing my choice. Mm-hmm. It's like if you if I had the option to do A or B and I pick B, it's like but A man, I mean, well, you know, with A you can do. I was like, all right, I'm gonna pick B, but yeah. but but A, you know, I'm going to pick B. Yeah. So it's like I just don't see. There's no wrong in what what they're doing. Is a It's not it's at all. I mean, there were rumors that Kevin Will Williams was said whatever team that drafts him he wants partial ownership. I don't even know if that's true, but it's like you know, at the end of the day, I played college ball for two, three and a half, four, four years. Like what? What me? Me doing the broad jump? Me having that ten five broad jump does work for you, you know. As a quarterback, me benching twenty five reps does work for you as a quarterback.
0: That's a good point.
1: Things like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you think that they should modify the combine for QBs? No, I
1: think again it's a showcase for the people that we need to put in more work. If you're satisfied with your talent up until this point, if people are deeming you generational, what am I working out for? That point, Like, I don't, I don't like Dion. I only think Dion ran, ran, ran the forty. Does you... Corn does are alive? And then they on the four year dash. That's fair.
0: Do you think it's more of a blessing or a curse to be deemed generational going into the NFL draft, or any draft for that
1: matter? Um, you know, I think as an as an athlete in your teens or early twenties, you just got to take whatever comes with it day by day. Mm-hmm. As long as you don't, you know, stay humble, regardless. As long as you don't be ignorant, I think everything is fine. Mm-hmm. But it's it's hard to measure it's hard to measure ignorance because if I mean if I'm having so much success up until a certain point yeah, I'm, uh, yeah my yeah my stuff stinks and I know it does mm-hmm. but it's like at the same time it's like you know keep your head down people want moxie and all these buzzwords it's, it's tricky is then if you do then then if you don't
0: yep I think uh, I forgot who said it but somebody said. Don't listen to all the good stuff they say about you. Don't listen to all the bad stuff you, they say about you. Because the truth of the matter is you're more somewhere in the middle of it all.
1: Well said. Whoever said that. Good quote.
0: Yeah. And speaking of being in the middle of it all, MVS was released uh, by the Chiefs. Dang.
1: Back to back Super Bowls and I'm in Cancun. Well, cap, it's a cap casualty. It's a cap cap casualty. Okay, um excuse me. They're getting they are getting younger at wide receiver and they need better wide receivers. And Marquez Valdez Gantling is somewhere between okay and good. And for what he's making, it's not worth it. Especially when they can just draft one, two, or three wide receivers in this upcoming class. So I understand it. Move that money around, open enough for the rookies. They might bring him back on on the cheaper deal,
0: but you know I doubt it. So when they cut him, they have to pay him, don't they?
1: Uh, they saved twelve million dollars, and I think they they had to pay whatever it was due at signing. So maybe like a couple of amps. Okay. Uh, let's see. Yeah.
0: Hmm. Okay. Um, do you ultimately think MBS will be playing on a team next year?
1: Yeah, he's already on the open market. I don't know where he'll be, but uh he won't win it ring there. <laughs> so
0: what what team do you think would be a good fit? What teams do you think should be eyeing him?
1: Yeah, you, you know, Brian, this Marquez this game when he was like a wide receiver three on a on the on the bad team. No, wide receiver three. Yeah, wide receiver three on the bad team, wide receiver four on the good team. So it's like, off that alone, his best bet is to go somewhere with the elite quarterback plays on maybe the Chargers or Bills. Mm. Or maybe if you want to throw a dart with Will Levis, maybe Tennessee. I feel like Will Levis has a nice profile, and he I feel like he'll be a good fit in that offense, but... Even Cincinnati, but like, I don't really know, man. It's it's hard to tell. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he signed a three year, $30 million deal, 15 mil, uh, 8.5 million guaranteed a signing, six million dollar signing bonus, and a total of 15 million guaranteed. He was gonna be a free agent next year anyway. So, I mean, no harm done for uh
0: for Yeah. That's true. So speaking of the Chiefs, Ocho Cinco says that the Chiefs win a Super Bowl easily with Lamar Jackson. What do you think about that? I think it's crystal clear.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think if you look at my QB ranking list out now, I have, I have, Lamar, I have Lamar Jackson at number two, second-best quarterback in the league. So you put the second-best quarterback in the league with a Super world roster. I think they still win the Super Bowl. Yeah. So, very what,
0: simple. what Ocho highlighted, the key thing here being that you're putting Lamar with Andy Reid, and Andy Reid is an offensive specialist. And especially with Lamar's ability, he'd be able to leverage his skills in ways that haven't been seen before.
1: Yeah, I agree. Well said.
0: Mm-hmm. Shannon was adamantly... Or, as some people know him, Unk was adamantly trying to disagree. You
1: know, Shannon Sharp has an opinion on Lamar Jackson. That, I mean, is it valid? Yes. Is it a bit much? Yes. So it's like, I don't really know how to really dictate. I think he's calling it down the middle, and the middle is over those planted. No pun intended. So. Yeah, I think because when you measure him up against his peers, despite the two regular season MVPs and the postseason, the postseason success is lacking. Mm. And as a three hundred Super Bowl champion, I think your you, your eyes are kind of set on the on the postseason mm-hmm. in, in reference to to, to uh UNC. So I mean, Josh Allen has been to the AFC championship, he lost. Burrow has been to the Super Bowl. Mahomes with Mahomes. This is your first AFC championship, and you didn't play your best. So naturally, it's like, yeah, I feel like I'm at scrutiny. I also think the media overall just has a little bit of extra wahala well, for Lamar Jackson. I don't, know, I don't know why, but this what it is.
0: Hmm. Do you think that, like, where do you think Shannon Sharp's vendetta came from? Probably lost the parlay. <laughs>
1: But in all seriousness, no, I don't know. I, I think it's like one of those things where you want the best for somebody, but it's like you do, it's easier said than done. Mm. And I guess he played with Elway. Elway was a very successful quarterback. And maybe he's just trying to vicariously deposit some of those intangibles. into. Oh, no, it's, it's it's weird, you know. It's weird. I'm not sure if they have a, a relationship outside of the sports world. But I mean, yeah. yeah. Unc is just being on.
0: Mm. Speaking of old heads, I got some hot takes for you. Sure. Right, let's change the temperature a little bit. All right. Tom Brady should still be in the league. He runs a faster 40 time now at 46 than he did at 22.
1: Tom Brady's no better. He doesn't need to be playing football anymore, man. Go ahead and be go ahead and be a partial owner to the Raiders and just mentor in the for me. Thank you.
0: But hear me out.
1: Hmm.
0: Tom Brady's still better than the bottom third of the quarterbacks, like right now.
1: In theory, yeah.
0: Honestly, where would you put Tom Brady on your list right now?
1: Uh, based off what he did two years ago, I guess somewhere in that nine to twelve range.
0: So that means he's still a solid starter. Nine to twelve—that's good.
1: This is like freestyle i had to really analyze. Yeah, Brady is still Brady. And he he retired at a point where it looked like he can keep going. But eventually the wheels will you know it's like I know it's a little different for running backs, but it's like sometimes that 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 extreme okay I'm elite and I, I'm tearing down to like okay and I just crashed out to me trash. That can happen very fast. Like for example, I think Eli Manning. He was never he was never elite, but he was okay for a significant amount of time, and then all of a sudden he was garbage. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he was a four time pro bowler. His last pro was in twenty fifteen. He had a losing record. Mounts back in twenty sixteen went 11 to five, and then after the last two years. I mean, he's still. A, you were still looking capable, I'm not gonna lie to you, but it's like you know how how much longer you know,
0: yeah, I definitely agree with what you're saying there you um, you don't wanna drive the car till the wheels fall off, but do you think right, when you look at Tom Brady, do you think that him still playing after he won that last um chip in uh Tampa, Tampa Bay was necessary, or do you, do you think that his legacy would have been better maintained and held higher prestige if he went out on top like like a uh, Broncos QB? Why am I Peyton. like Peyton? Peyton
1: did. I mean, in those last two years, he read the in pass attempts, completions, and the year before the 13 and 4 year, he read the weekend yards and touchdowns. He was in yards per game. So he was still definitely playing at the MVP level. Mm-hmm. my fault. He was still definitely playing at the MVP level. He was MVP runner-up in 2021. So, I mean, you know, I've like heard that the played a role in him just trying to move his mental somewhere else. Mm-hmm. It's like, I got to process, I, I got to process more and I got to deal with, Cameron Jordan second me and Brian burns and you know it's like I'm 44 45 I got seven at seven of these things it's like do I really need to do more
0: that's a good point that's a good point did he need to do more
1: like I'm pretty sure he has that deal with Fox 375 million for 10 years I don't know when it when it kicks in but He's about to be in the booth calling, calling games at some point anyway.
0: Yeah, it's going to be – that that I'm looking forward to because he's going to start speaking a language that other commentators are going to be like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> he said he just
1: 300 – $375 million just to speak, man. Mm.
0: Hmm. Yeah, he has that pedigree. He's worth every dollar. Speaking of players who are in that age in class, second one I got for you is LeBron will win another ring before he retires.
1: Yeah, I think he gets one more. I don't know when, but I think he gets one more. Honestly, um it might be this I'll, year. And it could be, honestly, it being this year. I think, that, I think that one might repeat. But, again, he can very much – it's very much a possibility – I think he retires with five.
0: I don't know when he's gonna retire, but I think he retires with five. That's fair. And the reason that I say this is because the other night versus the Clippers, LeBron had a crazy fourth quarter comeback. I think they were down by like 19 or something in the fourth. Um and let me let me see if I can pull up some of the information. He's whooping like he's 21 and he's almost 40 years old. Yeah, he spearheaded the biggest fourth quarter comeback of his career. They trailed by 21 in the fourth quarter. And LeBron had 19 in the fourth 40, quarter to yeah. lead a 21-point comeback.
1: Um. Yeah, he went nuclear. I think... He, he's past his prime, but that doesn't mean he's still not good. Like <laughs> he, he, he is who he is, regardless of age. And the only thing, he if he can stay healthy, that's all he really has to do is stay healthy. He, can, he keeps himself in top-tier shape. He says himself, he doesn't get tired, all he has to do is stay healthy. And... and I think let's see. If Bronny, I think he'd, I feel like Bronny would stay one more year. But if he doesn't, they're gonna play together the next year. And that's it. Swan song.
0: Yeah. And when LeBron gets that fifth ring, how does that affect the goat debate?
1: He'll he's. Uh, <laughs>
0: Because you got (laughs) to look at the narrative. I know. He got drafted by his hometown, went to Miami, picked up a few, went back home, did what he had to do, went to a third location, one in the middle of a pandemic, and then picks up another one just to let y'all know that he still has it. I'm just saying the longevity of the career. With that those rings, he's the goat. In
1: my I think I mean, listen, man, when you come back from 31 one in the finals and win it against the best team ever, that really did it for me. Everything else is kind of gravy. But at the same time, as someone was like, Oh, Michael Jordan's the goat, I'm gonna debate with you until I don't feel like debating anymore. So it's like yeah, I got I got Bron at one, but just like if you have an MJ at one, I don't blame you. Funny enough, <laughs> uh, this is I'm this, oh no, we talked about uh Carmelo's son saying his favorite his favorite he just, he, might, he thinks uh Paul George is his goat, right? You talked about that? Huh? Oh? Yeah, Kyan Anthony. Carmelo's son said that his goat is Paul George,
0: and his father's Carmelo Anthony. Precisely. Has a mellow favorite color, yellow, jello, Carmelo Anthony? Yes. His son should be disowned for saying that. (laughs) Like, respectfully. Do you not know that in that same era that LeBron was doing all that, like, I look at it like this, right? Being a mellow fan in the early days is like what's a what's a good comparison like you know how you have like Coke and Pepsi Mellow Mellow is Dr Pepper okay you feel me you know what I'm saying okay he you you either really like him or you really don't but those who really like him are gonna ride with him forever that's how I look at it
1: to give you the quote, uh, my goat is Paul George. Paul George is the best player ever. Probably Bryant, Paul George, Carmel Anthony. So I guess.
0: But I guess why is Paul, Paul George's goat? What has Paul George done to deserve to be his goat? Girl, I think Kanye
1: Anthony is like 17, 18, 18, 18, 17, 18 years old. So I think because let's see, I'm trying to, I'm trying to like and I shouldn't be. Born oh, at 07. Jesus. Okay, so yeah, he's 17. Yeah, he's about to be 17. Damn. <laughs> anyway, I'm not sure right Bale, old
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, I'm not sure bail but I'm just giving you an idea of like the youth. They, like, I'm surprised he didn't say... Well, he's a wing. So, yeah. Guards like Steph, wings like Paul Jones. <laughs> Like after you, like if you feel born after four, yeah. If you're a guard, you mother you game at the Steph. If you're a wing, you model you game you get at the KD or Paul George. Not everyone can be seven foot tall, so naturally you just go to you just go to PG. Like give it ten years, people are gonna say that one B is their goat, which is fair. But yeah, like Bronny Bronny might mess around and say that one B is his goat in ten years.
0: I don't disagree with. Wemby being the goat in ten years because, uh, well, this wasn't one of my hot takes, but I think Wemby will be the face of the league in less than fifteen years. Actually, oh, less yeah, than, less than ten years, honestly.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's already there.
0: Yeah, um, but the next hot take I do have for you is: Have you heard of Max Struess or Struss? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. pretty sure, pretty plays sure for Cleveland. Used to play Miami.
0: Max Struss is more clutch than Curry. Hear me out.
1: Well, first of all, is that his last name right the first time? It's it's Struess. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Max okay. Struess.
0: Okay, I was looking for some clarification. I don't know if you can see me see it in my face. Oh, I could. Oh. I, I I mean, you
1: already said, you already said one reckless statement, so I just said, you know what? <laughs> go ahead, go ahead.
0: Be, be reckless. <laughs> Max Struess. Is more clutch than Curry. Let me explain to you. So in the Mavs game this week, in the fourth quarter, he had 15 points on five three-pointers made, 100% field goal percentage in five minutes. Yeah, shoot shoot. And he shot very well. He quite literally couldn't miss if he wanted to in that fourth quarter. And on top of that, the reason I say this is because we know Curry. Curry is known for not being able to finish at the end of the game.
1: I'm going to refute that, but I'll let you go ahead. Don't worry. Fourth quarter. Put the apron on.
0: (laughs) If I'm a Warriors fan, give Andre Iguodala the ball. Give Clay the ball. Don't give the ball to Curry, because I know all of a sudden all the chef in him is gone. All of a sudden, he doesn't know how to play basketball when he feels the pressure. I don't know if it's maybe the noise. I don't know if it's the atmosphere, the ambiance. But Curry takes off his hat in the fourth quarter in the fourth quarter.
1: No, you know, Steph just hit the game winner two weeks ago.
0: <laughs> I'm talking about in the totality of his career, in his biggest moments, he's not that guy.
1: Okay, Max Struce went four for 13 the day after he hit that game winner. By the way,
0: listen, let's look at the take <laughs> you said,
1: you is. said in totality, yes. Yeah, so in totality,
0: <laughs> I, I'm talking about Curry in totality.
1: No, 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 no! You got to do a
0: one. You got to do a one to one. Struce one-to-one. is young. Stroos is young. He's twenty-eight. He's and I think, and I, and listen, I think he has that Ray Allen type of shooting ability that you would kick the ball to him in a game seven, Q four, to hit a clutch shot to go up ahead, like how LeBron kicked the ball to Ray Allen. I think he has that pedigree, that, and I wouldn't anyway. be surprised if you find him on a team doing that in the near future. Don't be surprised pro- if a team that is on the cusp trades for him. Don't be surprised if you see him on the Nuggets or the Lakers. Yeah, you're probably
1: must have must have done wonders with that <laughs> with that buzzer reader. Because you, you you sound delusional, my friend.
0: You know, you know I don't gamble, but
1: I, mm. I just gotta bring you a hot
0: take. And you
1: sound nuts. Just
0: remember this day, you know.
1: It's. I remember he awesome. had a game winner. He had a game winner one four for thirteen in twenty four hours. It With, was. It was the second longest buzzer beater in NBA history, but still, that doesn't make you more clutch than arguably the best shooter that ever touched this planet.
0: See, best shooter doesn't mean most clutch. You can be good at shooting the ball for three and a half quarters. Honestly, three and three-fourth quarters. But it's what you really do in that, those last few minutes that really matters, you know? Because... There it, is, there's much... a metric Go ahead. Do you measure a player by just their overall stats? Or do you measure a player by how they perform in those key moments. LeBron coming back from that 3-1. That game seven. The block he had on Iguodala. That saved the game and allowed him to kick the ball to Kyrie to, to, to go ahead. Damian Lillard. Okay. Iso. Paul George. Step. Trigger Trey, Game Seven versus OKC, and Damian Lillard looks at the camera like, "Come on, guys! You know you knew what time it was. It was game time."
1: So, you know you can measure clutch basketball now. Like, there's a metric, oh, and Steph has a fifty percent three point percentage in the clutch. <laughs>
0: He has busy. 10
1: more mid threes than anyone in the clutch. And he's tied for fourth best
0: amongst 50. What's this? What's this? What's the stat? Uh, give, give, give us more information.
1: Okay. So let me see if I can get the fullness of the. Mm-hmm. So going to an NBA article posted last month. Well, going on two months now. Yeah. Uh, Steph Curry is among the top. Couch performers. Uh you know, they had a clutch player coach player of the year award this past year, won by De'Aaron Fox, because he scored more in the clutch and he had a high field goal percentage in the clutch. But this year through Tuesday, uh Steph has the most points in the coach with 113. And that's five more than any other team. Oh, no. The Warriors have played in five more games in the clutch than any other team. Uh, He's made about half of his size, 50% of his threes, and he's 97% from the free throw line in the clutch, which is the best among 28 eligible candidates. Uh, So, I believe it's like field goal percentage and a bunch of different things from the last like, 90 seconds of the, of the game or something like that. I'll get the exact metric for you in a second. But the man has four chips, and he could he could have had five if that Raptors series went another way. But, yeah, I'm not – yeah, Max Struce, no, no. Game on the line, I can name maybe 20 people all pick over Max Struce right now.
0: Is Curry one of them? Yes. Now, let me ask you this. Game on the line. Mm -hmm. Are you giving the ball to Curry over anybody else in the league?
1: Uh, We're down by two or three? (laughs) Two. Uh, I'll I'll give it to KD and Kyrie. if we're down by two.
0: Even that in itself shows you that Curry isn't the most clutch.
1: Okay. That's fair. You agree but I think he has more clutchiness in his wrist than Max Strus has in his entire career.
0: I'm working off <laughs> the potential of what Max Strus can be. In. I, I see good ball when I see it.
1: All right. When this man goes two for nine again, I'm going to give you a call. <laughs> okay. That's, a, that's not hate, by the way. I'm just being, I'm just it it, it
0: sounds like hate.
1: It's, it's not like... hate. It's not hate. I'm just giving it on it. When he goes two for nine, I'm going to call you.
0: Okay, all right. Change the temperature for us. Hit us with some cold facts.
1: You know P.J. Tucker?
0: Yeah. The NBA is the best
1: sneakerhead.
0: Oh, yeah. He,
1: he hasn't scored a point since November 14th.
0: Uh, a point of what? Basketball?
1: Yeah, he hasn't registered a point <laughs> in any capacity since November 14th.
0: Has he been playing?
1: Played nine games he hasn't scored. <laughs> Has any he been case. minutes or...? Well, you played nine games, so yeah, you get minutes. <laughs> hmm.
0: So what's he out there doing? Cardio. <laughs> to- Tony Snell type.
1: Yeah, uh that's what she did there. Um, yeah, pretty much. You know, he was he was on the he was in uh, Philly for a little bit, and when he got he got traded with James Harden to L.A., and it was just an ill fit. He probably he publicly requested a trade, which is a no go got fined 75k and he's been another employee on that roster ever since so he's just whittling away kind of like um... I'm drawing the blank I'm drawing the blank <laughs> there's some player that was just trying to get out of dodge and they just wouldn't let him go I can't think of his name right now but yeah he wants to get out of there by any means hmm Was it Eric Gordon? It might have been Eric Gordon when he was was with uh, Houston. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But yeah, he hasn't registered a thing since over the last, yeah, since November 14th. So basically, since the start of the season.
0: So he's really just out there doing cardio. Yep. So. P.J. Tucker is 38 years old. Do you think it's time for him to call it a career?
1: Uh, Yeah, I would advise him to just not even – yeah, I I think you made – the the amount of sneakers you have, I know you made enough money in your career. Go ahead and be a podcaster or something. Career. He's a really really good storyteller. He was on Podcast P or – one on uh, the player podcast and he was he was giving it up. So yeah, he's entertaining. No, no, no. It was Club 520. Shout out uh Jeff T. So yeah, I feel like he could venture out and do other things. You played a long time, you won it, you won a championship, and right now I don't think there's more for you to do. He was trying to get traded somewhere and they just couldn't find that sooner. So now it's like, all right, bro. I don't know, man. He's taking time off to reset his mindset. So he's so he's in his he's in his like Calvin Ridley bag. Mm. Respectfully, that wasn't hate. Um,
0: so yeah, we'll see what happens. Hmm. I think that PJ Tucker it might be time to pack it up, but when you really look at his career in totality. He got drafted and then he went to Europe for like six, seven years, and he made a comeback. That's actually pretty impressive. Yeah, right bad, bad. He was Israeli MVP. Yeah, and the German MVP. Yeah, and a Ukrainian Super League All Star.
1: Yeah, and he was Big Twelve Player. He was Big Twelve Player of the Year as a freshman. Oh no, no, no. No, no, no. First team. Okay, yeah. He was bid 12 players and he was in 06 at Texas. I think he played with KD in college. Hmm. So, yeah.
0: So, I think That's the true. funniest thing also about P.J. Tucker is there's an account, a Twitter account tracking uh whether he'll score or not. Word. <laughs> did P.J. score? is crazy. <laughs> at did P.J. score? If you guys want to stay up to date on whether P.J. Tucker scores any points. That's crazy. (laughs) I don't think he's a bad player. I think he's just old. He's 38. Can you imagine jumping up and down for 38 years? His knees have to be cooked. There's no amount of footwear that can disguise aging and deterioration. Not everybody's LeBron.
1: Dude, PJ's score is insane.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, what else you got for us?
1: Uh, Oh, Keith McCarty. Uh, you know, you know her. Many people do. She's seventeen points away from breaking the all-time scoring record in college basketball, male or female. The record was held by Pistol Pete, Pete Maravich, and she's seventeen points away from breaking it.
0: Is Caitlin Clark the greatest NCAA athlete we've seen? Period. No.
1: If we're including
0: all four college sports, no,
1: absolutely not. Oh, oh. and well, even basketball, in basketball, basketball, just basketball, no. <laughs> okay, no.
0: Is she the greatest woman basketball player?
1: I'm not gonna say that. She hasn't even won the national title. I don't think. Mm. I just think she can shoot the other off the ball, and not many people can do that.
0: So, so what what would you put her player comparison as? I don't watch enough WMA to do that, but I mean, you you see the stats, you see the numbers. I
1: mean, yeah, well, she's the all-time winner scorer in women's Division One basketball, AP Player of the Year, two-time unanimous All-American. Uh, let's see who she models her game after. <laughs> she drew inspiration from Maya Moore, so I guess that's where I'll. No, 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 no. not putting that on record. Y'all not about to kill me in the comments. I don't know. I don't say, know. I don't
0: even know how my board play. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, y'all not about to kill me in the comments.
1: My, <laughs> my more my got active at UConn and, and when she was in the league. But still, um, she's a bucket, so she she models her game after, after
0: buckets. Okay. Yeah, that's valid. So, is she when she breaks Pistol Pete's record... We have to call her the best basketball player of all time. Who's we? She, she she's statistically she's the goat.
1: You speak in French.
0: <laughs> Why do you disagree there?
1: Have you? Well, we weren't alive, but I want you to just look up what Kareem Abdul-Jabbar did in college.
0: Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, can you can you enlighten us while I Google? Yeah.
1: So the captain, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, he went to UCLA
0: and he did absolute
1: damage. Damage before he went first overall. And before college, he went to Power Memorial, and he was undefeated there. He was uber, uber talented, three-time NCAA champion, back-to-back-to-back times, final four, most outstanding player of the year, most outstanding player back-to-back-to-back times, consensus All-American, back-to-back-to-back times, and national college player of the year, back-to-back-to-back times. So don't, like, why are we talking about Caitlin card? <laughs> As the greatest anything, like I, that's not regular. Tari- that, yeah, yeah, it, it's Kareem and then whoever else you wouldn't throw in the, we're there. We can have a conversation, but yeah, it's yeah, yeah, it's not close.
0: <laughs> what NBA player do you think Caitlin Clark could be in the one on one?
1: Deryce <laughs> <Tobias> Harris
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was a, that was a, that was a joke um let me be serious um probably
0: because she can hoop somehow yeah, she yeah, might be yeah. able to go into the NBA if she wanted to
1: no but um <laughs> probably I, I don't know who's like
0: not really that good
1: and doesn't play defense James Harden. <laughs> Come on, man. I'm
0: I'm just asking. You said good that doesn't really play defense.
1: <laughs> um, let me see. Who would that take over, Kate and Clark in the NBA? Uh, I guess Killian Hayes, who just got cut, or Jonte Exxon maybe like one of them. Just one Dante of them. Over... Okay. One, one of them overseas when. One... I don't want to call y'all bones, but yeah, overseas drive bus that didn't really pan out.
0: You
1: like can Mario, call it, what it is. it's okay. Like like Mario Hazonia or something. Yeah, I'd take Caitlin Carl over Mario Hazonia. I don't even think he's in the league anymore.
0: But you don't think she could be the active rostered NBA player? Like a,
1: like 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 a like like a solid role player in the NBA right now? No. <laughs> Not, Not even in the game of horse. Not all. OG. No, Brian.
0: That's not <laughs> basketball. My fault. My fault. You know me. I like. I like to. I'm trying to pick your brain. You know me. Not so I'm serious. Okay. Okay. All right. What What else you got for us?
1: Um, I know y'all want the touch push to be thrown out, and I know it's pretty successful. Uh, it had a ninety three point five percent. 93.5% success rate, Uh, not this past season, but the season before when they made the Super Bowl. And last season, it was seventy three. It, it had a hit rate of 73.1% when they ran in all fourth downs. And, yeah, they averaged 22.1 first downs per game, which is the fourth most in the league. Um, I say all this to say they're not bending the test brush uh, There's no support for banning the touch Uh, Executive Vice President of Football Operations, Troy Vincent, said that the general sentiment within the league is that it's a credit to the Eagles that they found a short yardage play that works so well for them. And I just read you how well it is. And I'm glad they're not banning it because y'all need to work harder to stop it. <laughs> to quote my brother <laughs> Brian, you know what it is. Stop it. Stop it. it. <laughs>
0: it's like yo, it's like a, it's it's like a fifty gut, you know what I'm saying? Just drive it down the middle, football. You know what play I'm calling? I'm calling it, and I'm letting you know what it is because I know you can't stop it.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, I remember Ojo the single used to tell the DBs his routes before the snap. <laughs> that's not that's like that's like different levels of disrespect. But I mean,
0: same, I respect it. You same
1: can't token stop yeah. Me. Mm-hmm.
0: One time, LeBron, um, during the finals, uh, a Heat player uh, forgot the play, and then LeBron told him to play that he was supposed to run. Like, stuff like that is just cold to me. It's like.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I remember that in the bubble, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: But speaking of basketball, talk to me about what's going on in the NBA right now.
1: Um, did we talk about that Pistons Knicks game?
0: We did not talk to me.
1: <laughs> I know, like recently, I talked about how the Knicks are looking good, but y'all got into a sweat fest with the Pistons, and y'all low key should have lost that. It came down to the last second. Uh, there was a lot of missed calls according to the Pistons, and they ended up getting the W. But it was it was just looking very. Very, very unty to say the least. Monty Williams was pissed. He said that was the absolute worst call of the season. No call, enough is enough. He done it the right way. He called that loss an abomination. Mm. Um, just so you don't know, Monty Williams is the highest paid coach in the NBA right now. He's coaching a rebuilding Pistons team who lost like 25 in a row. So, yeah, it's bad, it's bad in Detroit, and they're trying to blame him. I don't like it because that's home team. Shout out to Coach Monty, But it's it's really, really bad in Detroit. And it says, according to ESPN, a crew chief admits to a missed foul call
0: that should have been called on the Knicks. First and foremost, I just want to commend the the ref for admitting that he missed a call. I've never heard a ref admit they missed a call in my life.
1: Oh, no, they, they do after the fact. I don't know what the point is of doing it after the fact, but... But yeah,
0: it, the what this so did the missed call result in did this game come down to the last play or something?
1: Yeah, know. like and and they also said that there were two other missed calls that benefited the Pistons, according to the ref reports. But yeah, three three missed calls in the last minute of the game. I think the Pistons were were uh up one. Mm-hmm. And they turned the ball over. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, 58 seconds left. They were up one. And they're saving the loose call foul on Detroit. It was missed. And then there was a defensive three seconds that should have been called on Detroit. It was missed. That would have been a, a technical foul. And then uh, the Knicks got away with a, re- a breaching foul that wasn't called. And it set up Josh Hart. Was he a Piston? No, he's a Pelican. Josh Hart that uh, got the game in the layup. Uh, for the Knicks, hmm. and then if, if things went right, and if things went right, the Knicks would have had the technical foul shot with 25 seconds left and kept ball. So, either way, it was like they're probably gonna win the game anyway. And the official acknowledgement of the Divincenzo non call should do a little to appease the Pistons, but like I said, Coach Monty. Called it an abomination. And the Pistons are on the 16th losing streak as of Monday. I'm not sure they won since then.
0: So all this really sounds like is like NBA coaches need a way to, like, challenge, like, something that's going on. Can they? There is. Do they have but challenge? I they do, but I don't think it's only
1: I'm not sure if we can do it in the last two minutes.
0: Really? What's, the, me, what's this challenge system they got? Yeah, you know what's crazy? Cause I
1: didn't two, did two games once, and I didn't even mean to. I was trying to call it timeout. It's a timeout challenge. I was like, oh, this is a thing. But yeah, as of 2019, uh, the coaches' challenge will allow for a head coach to trigger one instant replay review of a limited set of matters. Uh, it's been in effect in the G League, and it was adopted by the NBA as a trial run. Each team has one challenge in the game, regardless of whether or not it's successful. You can challenge personal foul calls at any time, out of bounds, goal-tending, basket interference within the first 46 minutes, or the first three minutes of overtime. 46 minutes of regulation, that is, in the last two minutes of the fourth quarter in overtime. All it's like football. All that stuff is up to the refs. You cannot challenge non-calls, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. When you challenge a foul call. You can only challenge whether the foul was
0: a foul or not.
1: Yeah, it's, it's basically football. So, yeah, football-style challenges.
0: Do you think you should be able to challenge it on calls?
1: Yeah. I don't think you're going to have much success because these rest are hard. I but yeah, I think you should be able to.
0: I think that's something that they need to bring in AI for. Use that AW nah. <laughs> analyzer. Be like, yeah, Let the AI tell you, is this statistically a foul?
1: I mean, content is content. You're not supposed to touch me. If you touch me, I'm blowing the whistle. (laughs) It's very simple.
0: So it's like, what's that delineator? And it's like, when there's not really like an actual, like, hard, fast brew, it goes down to the eye test. Yeah. I just aren't tipping the
1: scale. I just don't like the whole yeah we should have caught that and like the after, oh saying it like like for example Des caught it they didn't say that until like three years later I was like what what am I gonna do with this information three years after Des caught it we all knew he caught it and three years later oh yeah Des caught that like what <laughs> what am I gonna do with
0: that and there's nothing you can really do with the information is there.
1: No, it's just like, yeah, we know, yeah, he caught it. Like we knew this already.
0: <laughs> so what Have what do you what changes do you think is gonna happen with raffling going forward? Do you think anything is gonna change? Um
1: with any change, there will be problems. So I don't. In the grand scheme, no. I don't think much will change. I just think they're gonna find new problems.
0: Mm. Mm. It'll definitely be interesting to see how things shake out because I, I I wouldn't be surprised if it's like the 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 players' association in the NBA brings this up as an issue.
1: Potentially, yeah.
0: With the refing, you know, like because they have say over stuff like that too, right?
1: Say so, yeah. again.
0: They've said over stuff like that too, right?
1: Probably, yeah. I'm sure it's like a topic, of, a topic, of, a topic of
0: discussion, man. Mm. But it's like
1: in the grand scheme, you know how many times a LeBron has complained about a missed foul calls? Like true. you be getting like full on p- poked in the eye or whatnot. So it's like you know, and players cell calls, so it's it's just mm. there's an anti fought rule, but there needs to be an anti-refine a locking rule.
0: But <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, lock in. That's what yeah. they should have. They should have a lock in flag. <laughs> like, yeah, I believe the ref was not locked in for these amount of minutes, and there should be a review and there should be a score adjustment based off of this. Yeah. Um did you see the Pelicans account and Stephen A going at it a few days ago?
1: I didn't look at it closely, but I did see I, I saw a little bit of it. Can you tell me more?
0: I thought it was comical. It was essentially the Pelicans account was roasting Stephen A saying you're not an athlete. you averaged zero points when you played basketball in high school. um why should we listen to you? You have bad takes.
1: um my basketball career i just, i like to I like to relate to things so my basketball career ended very early. I chose books. <laughs> So, it worked out. But anyway, I still know a lot about the game of basketball. And this is just me. I'm just a typical podcaster. Now, you have Stephen A. Smith. Cover- He's written for, I think, a slew of different productions in Philadelphia, New York, North Carolina, etc. He's covered the likes of MJ all the way to Wemby. I trust him his opinion enough on basketball to at least say, okay, I see, where, I see where you're going, you know? But it's like to to tell him he knows nothing because he averaged X amount of points. That's what I'm saying. And I, I'm not going to lie. I'm guilty of this because I said this before about uh, Ryan Hollins because he only averaged like eight points, a, not even like six points a game when he was on ESPN, but he probably has more knowledge of basketball in, in, his, in the front of his brain than I have at all in all my brain. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not a fan of the all. Oh, what do you know about the if I'm covering it? I'm covering it for a good reason. Shout That's out true. to Ryan
0: Holland. Do mm-hmm. you think that sports commentators don't get enough respect? And the uh, it's it seems like things are overall trending towards we want you to talk about it if you played. Yes,
1: but you know, you got your own un- you know how you got on un- un- share quarterbacks? Yeah, I get I got this new term called box score Avengers. People just look at box scores and make analysis on people's acumen based on what they did in their profession, mm. without actually watching or just going a little deeper. I feel like stats without stats without context is lazy. If you don't add context, you're just you're just looking at numbers, and numbers don't tell you everything. Mm-hmm. All right. so it's like yeah, being a box score Avenger doesn't really do anything for you if you can't apply that data. Accurately or fairly. uh, Ryan Holland averaged 3.7 points per game in two rebounds. But he played 518 games. So, yeah. He was logged over 30,000 minutes on a hardwood floor to play basketball. Mm. I can't say that about me. Oh, wait, no, not no. Not 30,000. 6,000. I, I read the wrong things. Which is still a lot. Six thousand minutes. So what is that? That's like how many hours is that?
0: I mean, how how long is the game?
1: Forty eight minutes, six thousand. So two, hundred fifty days of basketball he's played. <laughs> two hundred fifty days. Oh wait, hold on, no. It's wait, 000. I did that wrong. Six thousand minutes divided by forty eight. Six thousand
0: forty eight was it? It's like a thousand, something. A thousand like twelve hundred.
1: Yeah, so he played 518 games. He played over 6,000 minutes. Okay. I haven't done any I haven't played one game or one second in the NBA. So I'm willing to value what a former NBA player says. I can give you my opinion on it. To say, oh, you know nothing about the game of basketball is lazy and just unintelligent to say.
0: Well said, well said. So speaking of unintelligent moves, talk to me about the new Clippers logo and jerseys.
1: Yeah, I mean, I get it. It's supposed to be a ship, a clipper ship.
0: And it's, What is a Clipper? Can you explain to me what a Clipper is? Because so, I, so, I, I always thought of, like, hair Clippers. Of what
1: course, yes, because you look like, we, we look, we come from that, yes. But the Clipper ship is essentially, I think it's a style of, Yes, it's a vessel designed for speed. It's like a speedboat, pretty much.
0: Um, You're telling me there's a team called the Los Angeles speedboats? (laughs) They were fast sailors, and they
1: derived from the clip, which is getting as much propulsion as possible from the available wind. So, yeah, it's, yeah. Um, They decided to finally... Dive into that, into the name of the of the team, and yeah, Cooper partnership. I'm sure Steve Ballmer has a lot of say so in the cosmetics of the franchise. So yeah, he was like, yeah, let's go
0: for it. Do you like the logo?
1: It's cool. I don't hate it.
0: Would you rock it on a hoodie?
1: Yeah, that's a small, that's like a small joint. Big uh-huh. joint.
0: Uh-huh. No. A big, big, big no. emblem. No, no,
1: a small joint. Yeah, why not?
0: Oh, like small and like something people can't see.
1: No, 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 like just like a smaller scale, like yeah, it's just like a little, you know, like that Nike symbol right there. If you put a Clipper logo right there, yeah, that's cool, but a big, a bit like, nah, 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 I'm cool, No need. I'd rather just take the, the calligraphy, I only need that big ship on my chest, I'm not a sailor.
0: <laughs> that's fair, that's fair. I mean. I like the colors. They kept the colors. Um I just don't like the look of the ship. It's I guess maybe it's because I didn't know what a clipper ship was. You know, I and I guess I guess now that I think about it, I guess I never really thought too deeply about what the clippers were, right? Yeah, nobody did. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, a naval ship, a.k.a. a cover what the team is actually named after. <laughs> which with basketball lines etched into, etched into the hole inside the sea, which hmm. is the like one with the compass lines. It's, it's very creative and
0: very thoughtful. But, you know. I wonder what creative agents do they had for this. Do you think any AI was used to design this?
1: Uh, no. Maybe. But I don't
0: think so. Safe answer. Okay. So spir- circling back to C- Caitlin Clark. Talk to me about her pockets. What's going on?
1: Um, she's breaded, or she had. well, yeah, she will be breaded. Whether that's going to be via WNBA money or NIL money if she stays another year, that is up for discussion. But according to Market Watch, if she does stay another year, she will make more money than she would enter in the draft. Mm. Um, to dive deeper, I'm gonna pull out this article to get that information for you. But as I do that, what are your thoughts just on that sentiment so far?
0: Get your money. You know. Um, she is one of the biggest stars. Um, and her ticket price is clearly demanded for Iowa games like, what, almost $500 for a ticket to the game. So I'm not surprised she's getting these big NIL contracts and things of that nature. And I wouldn't be surprised if she stays another year to keep raking it in. When yeah. you make good money like that now, why would you... Essentially, the NCAA is a bigger... Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like the NCAA is a bigger market than the WNBA currently. Currently, uh, yeah, probably. So you're essentially going from... uh. A bigger market to, a sp- which I don't know how that happens. How is the professional organization a smaller market than the collegiate organization? That's like the NFL being smaller than college football. It just doesn't make sense. Well, the
1: difference is I think the WNBA was founded underneath the NBA. It's mm-hmm. like hey, we're doing this too, and it's like you know you look over and say, like, oh, okay. And the talent has definitely improved over time, but it's like the no dunks, and there's only like eight teams or something like that. It's just very like reduced. So it's like naturally the the I watch, but the the, the typical or the casual is probably just watching to practice their wrists and not actually watching the actual game itself.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think the WNBA would? have more success and gain more viewership if they actually let it branch off and treated it as its own thing, not like a subsidiary of the NBA? Well... When you look at I, it, it's kind of like the XFL of the of the basketball.
1: I think people look at it that way, but it's not, if that makes sense. I think okay. it's looked look at that way, but it's not supposed to be. I think they added a few new things, like maybe a four-point line... Maybe just something just to spice it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. I thought like it would help, but yeah, I think it's it's on the uptick. They have a Vegas team that helped, and they won the, they won the ship. and yeah, the Las Vegas Aces are a super team. We talked about that before. That's a loaded roster. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that that helps make a super team, and you know your numbers will go up, and they did.
0: Mm that's fair speaking of super teams let's talk about some super players uh paul pogba um Juventus midfielder has been banned for 4 years after he was tested positive for doping uh yeah so essentially he was taking performance enhancing drugs to allow him to perform better on the football field uh, football being soccer f- uh, field and uh pogba uh, he'll serve the full length of the, uh, of the suspension, and it seems like it'll be a likely career ender. What do you think about that? Damn, for real? Yeah, it's, it's four years. He's 30. How old is he, 30-something? Yeah, he's 30.
1: Really? Hey. Um, in life, we make choices. <laughs> Somehow somehow my, my father right now. Um and you gotta go with the consequences that go with those choices. Sure. Um I don't know too much about the, the doping uh, vendetta because sometimes players use substances that aren't necessarily designed the the intention was not necessarily for PED stuff, but they may have a a compound that is not like DeAndre Hopkins, he took something. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't even know that was in here and he says it positive so yeah I'm not going to try to slander him and make it seem like this is a deliberate approach to just take PEDs but at the same time I did take my, this philosophy class and this was a topic of discussion it, and I don't think they should but in the event that they put a restriction but not a ban on PEDs wouldn't that product get better Exploited. like for example baseball right because mm-hmm. i feel like baseball players take PDs, pds all the time if you're a baseball player you you up a little bit i'll show you let here 600 600 foot home runs is it feet or yards? Yeah, i think it's Be- feet. 600 feet home runs like clockwork which will drive up viewership and drive up numbers I, again, I'm not advocating for it. I'm just, you know, being a contrarian for the sake of podcasting sake. And, yeah, I'm trying to pull up my notes from this philosophy class that went into more detail. But, yeah, for example, like Toradol and all that painkiller stuff, that, that's, a, that's a performance enhancer. That's authorized. Mm-hmm. So it's like you authorize some things and you don't authorize other things around you a board. So I'm just saying, just make clearer uh, uh, boundaries on what you can and can't do. That's fair. Because, like, if you're if are if we're gonna punish somebody after the fact, it's like, what's wrong with this? That's all.
0: Yeah, I can see how it can be viewed that way. I think the big thing that it that this then arises is you mentioned how the sport can just be overall more exciting if PEDs are allowed. Do you think PEDs should just be legal in all sports? No,
1: oh. I don't. I'm just saying for those who, for, for individuals that, that subscribe to that, I get it. Mm-hmm. Because we're already in a scoring pandemic. People get 70 when they wake up. So it's like, yeah, I mean, I guess the authenticity, the authenticity of the game is a, is a little soured. But you know what? Tristan Thompson was taking PEDs and he wasn't getting any PT. <laughs> so I'm so yeah, like, I don't really know. It's weird. She's he, not getting
0: get PT. What performance is he enhancing?
1: Anyway. <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah. Just to give you some notes from when I took this philosophy class. Uh, if some average use drugs, others who are on their own might refrain from becoming users, uh, because they're forced to, to indulge to remain competitive. Um Perhaps the difference is like training. Well, yeah, PDS may endanger your health long term, but you can make the same argument about, about you know, training or things of that nature. Um, the right way. Yeah, it's it's philosophy, and I'm a am a podcaster, but it was a good it was a good conversation, when I did take this class, but I think. Personally, you shouldn't, but I understand those who advocate, who advocate for it. Maybe I might drop another article.
0: No, nah, I need to hear some more insight about the PEDs and the history of this. I, I actually look forward to that article. We'll see. We'll see. All right, but, but he he he's gonna drop it, guys. Don't let him fool you. We'll see. <laughs> what's, what's it called? I think we I think we covered everything. Um, this will be our first episode of March. Happy March, guys! Happy March,
1: oh. we're making brackets very soon. Be on the lookout. Oh, I might even, yes. I might even open up a Discord so y'all can talk trash. We got, we got things in the talk. I just need to make them
0: happen. You, and of course. you want to offer a prize? Yeah, we it. we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. March Madness bracket.
1: We'll yeah, major stakes and the temperature. Why not? Yeah.
0: But uh. Go, go ahead, f- finish up what you're saying before we close out.
1: But yeah, um also, you know, if y'all have suggestions on topics that you want me to cover in the Doppler effect on my as I write articles, let me know. I wanna, you know, I wanna give you give what the I wanna give the people what they want. So if you want my my thoughts and opinions on some things I may not cover here all the time, I'm down to write about it. So give me some time. And for the for the individuals who've reached out to be, to be guests on our show, be on the lookout. We're going to get you slotted in in due time. So I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well said. Well said. Thank you guys for listening to this week's episode of the Fever Pitch Podcast. If you aren't already, follow us on Instagram. Subscribe to us to on YouTube. Hit the notification bell if you're listening to us on podcast audio only. Leave a five-star review and let us know what you think of the podcast. And like Dan said, please, if you have suggestions or you just want to reach out to be a guest, reach out to us. DM us. Hit us on email. We'll get back to you and we'll get you slated in. We want to hear what you guys think. And we want to really expand this syndicate with your hot takes and cold facts because I know there's some hot ones you guys got out there.
1: But that's okay. all this,
0: Thank you guys for listening to the Fever Pitch Podcast, and we'll catch you guys next time. Peace. Take care